never overvalue money while you're undervaluing people and undervaluing service, which will truly make you happy in a way that money never can. If you find yourself struggling with greed night right now, I challenge you to start giving. Right. When you give, it, you can't defeat a spirit with the same spirit. Right. You have to defeat it with the opposite spirit. Right. The opposite of greed is to give. Right. Defeat that spirit of greed in your life by just becoming a giving person. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn, and here with me is Mark Hosteller, both pastors at Eagleville Bible Church. And we're glad that you tuned in. And in fact, you could help us a little bit with these shows. Just share them. You know, if you if it hits you, if you think it's helpful, uh, let other know, others know about it because we want to impact as many people yeah. as we can. Absolutely. Now, one thing, Mark, now I just decided because you can do shows on anything. We do podcasts on any topic you feel like doing, really. And so there's a book called The Seven Deadly Sins, The Seven Cardinal Virtues, written in 1901, and then The Seven Basically Cardinal Virtues, written in 1902, by Dr. James Stalker. So mm-hmm. I do laugh about the name. I just think it's kind of funny uh, that his last name was Stalker. I don't think I'd want that as my last name, but... It's catchy. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> you remember it, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So as soon as I read that name, I'm like, I won't forget that one. Right. So, but anyway, he wrote the book 120 years ago and is still relevant for today. And he was talking, we already did one podcast on pride. My wife and I did, and then we're doing this one on greed's the next one that he Mm -hmm. talks about. And he's made a comment. He said, a large proportion of the wrongs and crimes of history have been due to the inordinate greed of gain. Uh, First Timothy 610 says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money is not bad in in and of itself. Let's get that straight. That's exactly right. It's not bad. If you love it, you can make it an idol. You can make it bad. And certainly greed is at a source of problems. Absolutely. I mean, you can see it all around our society, in our lives, everywhere we go, there's greed. There's right. a problem of greed. But you, I love the point that you just made there. We have to, we can't look at money as an evil. Right. Money is not evil. God, you know, this is a right. great resource God has given us, you know, for success and, and right. wonderful things in our life and to bring him glory through it. Right. Um, it's the love of that money. It's the pursuit of that right. money. It's I'll do anything to gain this wealth. Right. You know, that's where the problems really. Well, come he actually down. said, if, if it's ridiculous, if you don't see money as important, he goes, cause money is yeah. the way you get a roof over your head. Money is the way you feed your kids. Money's the way so you go, making money is not a problem. He said that in his generation, what he was seeing, and I think we even see it today is in some ways, like the older people more overvaluing it and the younger people devaluing it and thinking like, oh, it doesn't matter if I make money. It doesn't matter if I have, well, you know, it does matter. You know, there's nothing wrong with making money or doing Mm -hmm. well at what you do, but it can't be all that you're about. Right. So he said this money corrodes, money corrodes the hearts of people, spoiling their happiness and setting them in conflict with one another. Man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn, but the inhumanity springs for the most part from the desire of one person to possess that, which belongs to another. Isn't that crazy? What's that? Uh, covetousness, right? Um, covetousness. Covetousness. Yeah. yeah I don't like you, saying I, that. Just coveting. Make it simple. <laughs> yeah, Mark, right. Come on, make it simple. Right. But just I mean, that's yeah. what that is, right? I mean, it's, it's looking at your neighbor and going, oh, they have a new car. 
oh no, now I got to get a new car, right. you know, because I got to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. And you're going to do whatever it takes um, to, to, to get something that you don't even need yeah. right now. You're just, you're just wanting it because the other person next door has right. it, you know, and that it kind of goes with your last episode of a uh, podcast about pride, you right. know, because you, you, you don't want to be humble. Uh, I don't want to, how do I put it? You don't want to be humbled at the fact that you don't have something as nice as your neighbor. And right. so you want to be prideful and you want to gain it no matter what costs, you know, I thought to be it's honest a, with you, I would like every neighbor to be just as well off as myself and absolutely. doing just as well. You know why? Yeah. Because that helps the neighborhood. <laughs> Actually yeah. people put, you can all come around me and build bigger homes and I would be happier about it. Right. All right. Because that just does right. nothing but help me. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we don't realize even with uh restauranteurs, you know, one, one of the things uh, that they have found out, Having other people come in and build a restaurant near you is not a bad thing. It's a good thing because the more restaurants in an area, the more it draws people, foodies and people who like to yeah. eat at restaurants and they have lots of choices. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The more antique shops in one town, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Absolutely. So you want other people to be successful. But yes. I think the greedy person, that's not what they want. Now, I just watched a Netflix uh, show called The Serpent, and it was about a serial killer back in the 1970s. And this guy, he wanted, like he told his wife, when we come back, to Paris, France, they will bow to us. No, oh, no. They will he but he did this by robbing. He'd make people sick. He'd steal what they had. He mm -hmm. murdered people. He wound up, you know, losing all, and he wound up. Uh, I don't think I got to spoil it. You watch it yourself and see what happened to the guy. But it wasn't <laughs> yeah. good in the end. Spoiler alert. Obviously, yeah. but he just, yeah, I mean, because why? Because he, the guy was greedy. Yeah. He wanted more and more for himself. He wasn't going to go out and work on it. He was going to steal what you had and figure it out and turn that into, into somehow enrich himself. And he mm -hmm. thought, and the fact of the matter is, all the goals that he had and aspirations he had couldn't come to fruition because it was coming out how many murders there were around them and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and practically this is how it looks. I mean, so I've had, I had, you know, my cousin called me up one time and he says, Hey, I just don't think I'm making enough money. Do you think I should go to my boss? Do you think I should tell them, Hey, you need to give me this much money and the, you know, a raise, I need this and whatever. Um, I've, always, I've never sat right with that, you know, because it's like if you're doing a good job and, and you know, you're putting your head down, you're doing work, allow them to, to go. They'll see that and right. you'll get you'll get what's yours. But, man, you if you this thing about spoiling their happiness and hearts, right. that's what happens when you think like, man, I'm I'm worth more than this and I need more. I need more. Right. I mean, no, man, I watched my grandpa. For 38 years, I didn't watch him for 38 years, but he worked at a factory for 38 years making bare minimum. He made it because he was content with what he had, and he just based it, you know, his, he wasn't... Right. He wasn't seeking after like I need more and more and more right. and more. No, you know and he what? Was happy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. He was happy with what he had, and he was content. He made life, you know, work with what God had given right. him at that time. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, I think too. You know, it's something you can't underestimate because obviously it's out there. It's in. Mm -hmm. It's one of the seven deadly sins. It's been pointed out for years. You look at Judas betraying Jesus Christ for thirty pieces of silver. You look at two thousand years ago. One of the the Latin kind of like you say a guy who's writing satire said of the romans that they taught their sons get money honestly if you can but in any case get money oh my goodness that was one and then yeah. somebody in that same time era wrote the only unpardonable sin is poverty and what a sad thing to tell someone oh, this is an unpardonable sin if you don't have money come on 
And so they it's, would, that would cause them obviously to, okay, well, I got to make money by any means. I've got to steal it. I've got to swindle it. I've got to, well, it leads to gambling. It leads to people trying to get rich quick and getting, and actually becoming prone then to con artists who come in and try to convince you, you can get rich if you join this, whatever marketing scheme or whatever it is where I'm like, there's nothing replaces just good old fashioned hard work that's, and saving that's money. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm unfortunately greed usually ends up being resulting in compromising on values, compromising on what, you know, God has called righteous, you know, right. uh, we, we cut corners. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't make that tax payment. You don't, right. you know, you cut corners, uh, you dishonesty, is, is huge with greed, right. right? I mean, so so like I used to have to keep track of my hours and the hours of the men that I that were working under me, and and I can't tell you how many people would come up after that day. It was like a six hour day, and they would get really upset if I wrote six hours in. Right? They're like, "Why aren't you giving us eight? Well, we didn't work eight. Right. We worked six hours. Right. You know, I I can't fudge the numbers. If you got a problem with that, you got to go talk to the boss because I can't do that with a clear conscience. Now the boss wanted to say, Hey, it should have taken you 10 hours and you got it done in six and I'll pay you eight because he's getting paid for the job. Not by the hour. That's the boss's boss's prerogative. That's not my, I'm putting this on the paper. I'm not going to be greedy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be false in what I write down on this paper. And I would agree hundred percent about that. I think too, you know, even people giving to the Lord's work or giving to charitable causes, I can't be so greedy and wanting stuff for myself that I can't give to others, which by means of giving by others is a source of happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually, my greed can impede my own happiness Absolutely. because I'm so wanting to just everything for myself, which is yeah. wrong. In yeah. fact, we're told in First Timothy 6, one, one thing that First Timothy says in 1 Timothy 6, you can't take it with you. I mean, that's, that's an yeah. important thing. Mm-hmm. He said, godliness with contentment is great game. For we brought nothing into this world. We can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And a lot of people are not that. Nope. They don't think, like, if I have food and clothing, I'll be content. I think of Jacob. We just read this in the Bible where he was in Genesis. And he said, God, if you put clothes on my back and give me food to eat and bring me back in peace to my family, it's all I ask for in this life. That's all I ask for. Just I want food. I want clothes to wear. And I want to come back to my family in peace. And he came back 20 years later, a rich man, but he didn't seek it. Like he wasn't out there seeking that. He was out there being content. And I, and I like where he says that, hey, contentment with godliness is great gain. Absolutely. He said, those who want to get rich fall into temptation, a trap. They do many foolish and harmful things. They, they come to ruin and destruction for the love of the money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered away from the faith, have pierced themselves with many griefs. Money can be a big problem. Money can pierce you, spear you. It's like a javelin being thrown into your side because you're chasing it. You're, if you're just chasing money for money, you're just chasing the wrong thing. Absolutely. This is mean, it's never going to work. Being discontented is a horrible feeling. And right. you walk around, man, this greed consumes you when you're discontented. You know? right. I think that's why the scriptures are very clear. A godliness with contentment is great gain. Right. You know, be content with what God has given you. Seek him, Matthew 6, right. right? All these things will be added to you. Seek him and his righteousness. Right. You know, keep your focus on Christ and doing things his way. Right. He will bless your life. Right. You know, it's just gonna happen. But greed is an issue. Yeah. I mean, there are people who lie, there's people who swindle, there's people who sell you mm-hmm. things you don't need. 
because it's all about them. And that's one thing we cannot afford to be. It should be an unselfish lifestyle where we think about other yes. people. We love other people as we love ourselves. Yes. We never swindle them. I always feel this way. You have a business. You want to have a good business. You have a good product at a good price. And, and if you have a good product at a good price, and that's true of restaurant food, that, yep. that's true of anything that you do, you put a good product out there for a good price, and you, you are that is a winning combination. Mm-hmm. When you put out a substandard product for an inflated price, you're not going to win in the end just because no you're greedy. It's not going to work. That's right. But he yeah. said this too, put the death in Colossians 3, 5, whatever belongs to our earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. You can put money in God's place where Absolutely. you're you're more like, I don't need God. I just need money in the bank. If I have a 401k and I finally get a million bucks, God, he can go out the window because I don't need him anymore. And that's just a foolish thing because there's nothing that can replace God in your life. Absolutely not. I mean, actually, the, the scripture says that you can't serve both money and God. Right. You can't do that, you know, uh, because one of them is going to take the place of God, whether that's a capital G or you make money, the small lowercase G. uh, Right. And one's a false God. One's a real God. Exactly. Like I don't want to trade in the real God for a false God No, and a false God is money. So I can't, I can't make my life about that. And it's interesting. He was saying, uh, Dr. James Stalker was saying in this book that even poor people can be prone to greed because they can make everything their own happiness about if they have more. It's not a matter of having, you know, 50 million bucks or a billion bucks in a bank or having $200 in the bank. A a person with a billion can be unhappy. A person with $10 in a bank could be happy, but a person with $10 in a bank could also be ferociously unhappy depending on the importance that they have levied on or put on money. This is an unfortunate reality, Bill. I mean, this is uh, what I call an orphan. Well, I don't call it. I've heard it said this is an orphan spirit. Right. Um, I see it um, with fostering children. What do you children. mean by that, in, in an orphan spirit? What in do you mean? an orphan spirit, it's just uh, uh, an insatiable desire uh, to be included, to to have things, to... Uh, you're not content with who you are. Um, mm. It's an orphan spirit, like fostering children. Right. They, they have an orphan spirit. They've been left abandoned. And right. so now everything they do, like, for instance, eating dinner, they will eat themselves to the point where they're sick. They will start puking. Right. They'll throw up because they don't think they'll ever have it again. Okay. okay. And they'll just, they'll do whatever it takes to consume, to consume and, right. and uh, to get toys. You try to take a, ch- if another child comes around and they're trying to play with their toys and they take that toy from them, it'll be like you murdered them. They'll right. scream, they'll cry. That's my toy. Right. This is my thing. So an orphan spirit kind of, it's all about me. It's right. all about protecting yourself you yeah, know i've seen it um i guess this is my philosophy on life and living as a picker a buyer if i walk into an estate sale at the same time that 10 20 other people do or 50 i'm never looking for everything like i've never like i knew a guy that if he was at an estate sale and got a hundred things but missed one thing and i got it he would be so unhappy it was ridiculous mm. Where I looked That's, at that and said, I don't want to be, per se, a clear cutter. I just want my piece of the pie. Now, if you turn me loose at an estate sale and no one else is there, then, yeah, I'll, I probably will pick every apple <laughs> off the branch. But right. but I don't care. Like, I'm not out there wanting it over you. I just look at it. Hey, is it a good deal? It's not a good deal. And if you, if you, you come in and you're somebody I know, you found something good, great. And somebody else came in and found something great, great. 
I just want a piece of the pie. Like That's I don't it. need everything. Yeah. I just and want, I, I want it to be successful at what I do. You know, yeah. I want to have a good day at the end of the day, but I don't, that doesn't mean a good day. Doesn't mean I have everything. A good day. Doesn't mean I have everything. You have nothing to mm-hmm. me. A good day is where at the end of the day, you, you did well, and that's I right. did well, and the other person did what well. We all did well. That's actually, the end of a good day for actually, me. Actually, that's what I really love about you right. is you actually celebrate when other people do well. Right. You're like, man, that's fantastic. Right. And you join in because right. you have that heart that's just wanting to bless other people. You right. want other people to receive blessing, right. you know? Why wouldn't we want that? Right. You know? want it for ourselves, just, yeah. right? Absolutely. Uh, one yeah. thing he said too, you know, uh, he said the real danger, which has to be resisted by old and young alike, is a tendency to believe that if we have money to trust in, we could dispense with both the blessing of God and the sympathy of others. Hmm. And I thought that was really wise because he didn't just talk about God. He said, you know, you think that you don't need you don't need God, but it can also lead you to think you don't need people. Because as long as you you have this pile of money, you can just like forget everyone else, not have good relationships, where I think that's nonsense. In fact, the one thing he brings out, Mark, and I want to highlight this, he said, Dr. James Doctor in this book, Seven Deadly Sins, said, there are better things than money, health, sympathy for others, a clear conscience, a good mind where you're challenging. You know, he, he yeah. just said a cultivated intellect is how he put it. So mm-hmm. I look at it as somebody who's not afraid to educate themselves, not afraid to learn more on the topic. I'm adding to the list friends because to me, I, I would have to say I would far value my friends above money. Absolutely. Because my friends are what mm-hmm. I, I don't sit around and think about money, but I do sit around and think about my friends. Mm-hmm. So friends to me, like people in my life are, are significantly more important. Yeah then to me is is money now you might argue well you have money and you're comfortable maybe that's why well i don't know i'm just saying that that's my nature i tend to i want them to do well i want to do for them i want to help them and a lot of my friends they're the same way they they'll do for you you know what i'm saying ahead of and, themselves and that's the right? difference in, uh, with an ungreedy person and a greedy person is is the greedy person they don't necessarily care who they hurt in right. order to get their to get their own you right. know and that friends list gets smaller and smaller smaller and smaller because you're you're stepping on toes you're stepping on people get out of my way i need to get this right and and, you know all of a sudden people realize man this person really doesn't care about me at all because every friend became a client exactly yeah (laughs) you gotta sell something to but he Mm -hmm. said this you can be happy without money but you cannot be happy typically you know if you're you need your health. You need friends. You need sympathy. You need a clear mm-hmm. conscience. And I mean sympathy not from others, but sympathy for others for too. For others, yeah. Right. And to have also them involved in your life, you know, where yeah. you're connected with people yeah. and a good mind. I mean, these these are things he said that are, that are way more important than money. He said, and, and you can have, there's nothing wrong. Like he said, there's nothing wrong with money as long as we don't make it God and we don't exactly. make it everything. There's nothing right. wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I like that. There are things better than money. He also says money is a means to an end, but not the end in, in itself. And I think that's important too. He said, look, it's good to have money. It's good to pay your bills. It's good to have a house. It's good to have food. You know, because you can have some, he called them refinements. In other words, some some nice things in your house, a nice couch, uh, maybe a nice TV or something. There's not, nothing wrong with that. Not but, at all. But he said, yeah. it can't be what your life is about. He said, if you make your life about things, right. 
you're just not going to be happy. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, I love the wisdom of Proverbs thirteen eleven. It says, wealth gained quickly will dwindle away quickly, right. but the one who gathers it little by little will become rich. Right. I don't think that just means in their storehouse. I think that means in their spirit as well. Right. You become rich. You become that contented person that's seeking God, and right. you know that over time, you know what? God's going to take care of me. Right. There, we have food. We have a home. Right. I'm content. I love my life. I love Jesus. I don't need, what more do I need? What about Ecclesiastes? You know? It talks about that guy who works yeah. his life away. He was, he works away. It's kind of his family's been put to the wayside. If he even has one, yep. he lays up treasure after treasure after treasure. And he finally comes to the end of it and says, what for, what am I doing? And this is what the author puts it to. He said, you know what? He said, there are people that they're, they are such an ox at the mill that they're just grinding out more and more grain yeah to make flour for what purpose yeah. when they already have plenty and, so, and they never think about it because it's all they know is to make money. He said, where, when you have understand why you're making money, in other words, I'm making money so that I can retire. I'm making money so that I can uh, help other people. I can give to the church or God's work or charity, whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to have money for that. Those are the people that are happy because they're not just about yeah, them. Absolutely. They're also truly about other people. Bill, I, I love what you just said there. There's a key word in that phrase you just said that is an antidote to somebody that's caught up in greed. If you find yourself struggling with greed right now, I challenge you to start giving. Right. When you give, you can't defeat a spirit with the same spirit. Right. You have to defeat it with the opposite spirit. Right. The opposite of greed is to give. Right. Defeat that spirit of greed in your life by just becoming a giving person. Carry around a little bit of money, whatever, in your pocket and look for opportunities to bless people with right. it. It will kill that greed desire in right. you. I'm well, some of the, some of the stuff that I have, you know, I just recently acquired some of the some of the stuff that I like the best out of that stuff. I'm giving away Isn't that great? to somebody else yeah. because I just feel like, but they like it too. You know, it's yeah. not like your black licorice. I mean, that exactly. I thank you, you. I shared black I licorice. That. I wasn't greedy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's my gain. You know, exactly. I mean, I really appreciate it. <laughs> we do love our black. Oh licorice. man! But it says, "Don't store treasures on earth." Is the other, and we'll close with this. Mm -hmm. He, the Lord said, "Look, don't put treasures away where moth and rust destroy. Thieves can break in and yeah. steal it." Lay up treasures in heaven, and yes. I think if if our life is about serving others. That's it. And yeah, you make money along the way. There's nothing wrong with making money. I mean, I, I'm a pastor. There mm -hmm. are photographs I've sold. There's stuff that I sell. I love wheeling, dealing, and things like that. I've done all that stuff to help. But I did it for the purpose of helping my kids through college. Yeah. I did it to put a roof on my house. Serving like, I did your it family. to survive. Right. Serving I mean, my family. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't absolutely. actually. I mean, it wasn't so that I could buy a bigger truck or so I could you know, it really, honestly, a lot of the hard work I did, the money didn't even go to me anyway. I went to mm -hmm. my kids and, yeah. and that's fine. But to me, I'm a happy person right. because you're, yeah, you made money on the way, but you're here to help other people. Yes. You're here. And whether, I mean, to me, a good day is you come to the end of the day, you help somebody with their marriage, you encourage somebody along, you stop by to say, Hey, to me, that's a good day. It's a great day. It's a good day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That you you help somebody else, and that's the kind of stuff that I absolutely love. So never under never overvalue money, while you're undervaluing people and undervaluing service, which will truly make you happy in a way that money never can. You guys all have a great and a blessed week.